welcome everybody to Voice in the Pen podcast. Hey. I'm Emily Burdett, and we are here today with Rebecca Todd. Yeah. Chatting about some music mm-hmm. and uh, might get a little performance out of her. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for to be here. Thanks for coming out um, with your short, short period of being in town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you reached out. Um, I love the voice and pen, so thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it, yeah. it just made me think of um, our very, very first time that we had voice in the pen at the Real Cafe, and you played the very first show that we had. That was such a good time. Yeah, yeah. it was so much fun. It was um, so much fun. I, I remember that day. I remember what I was wearing that day. It was like, it's burned in my memory. Yes. Yep. I know. I can still picture it. It was it was awesome. Everybody came out. It was like Travis Shallow was there. Tyreek came out. A bunch of uh, Jared was there. Everybody was there. Yep. It was good. Um. Uh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, I was wearing leopard bell bottoms. In case you were <laughs> wondering, leopard print bell bottoms and a hat. I remember that was the first time I think I'd heard songs off of your latest album, mm. Reline. Yeah. You played. I know you played my, I think I was like trying to think of my favorites from the album. Mm. Um, and I was listening to it on the way here oh. also. Um, <laughs> but I love um, your song, I Will Care For You. Thank you. And I know that's a special song for you. But oh, I remember yeah. you performing that for the first time there. Wow. And um, and oh. Fog yeah. as well. Good memory. Um, yeah. yeah. That was what? That was summer of 2021. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that we're still doing it. It's I like know, it's every awesome. every Wednesday night. Um, amazing. Like two had years. No idea it was going to go that far, but um, you definitely helped us kick that off Man. on a strong, Thanks. strong Thanks point. But um, well, I, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about your like background and how you got started in music because I don't think I've ever um talk to you about that yeah so maybe a little bit of kind of like how you got started how young were you when you started singing or when you knew you wanted to be a singer um I think I started singing when I was really little like I'm talking in diapers and drooling I already (laughs) loved music and my parents could tell I was like picking up my dad's harmonica and you know playing all the drums things that little kids do Uh and in school, um, you know, there was, even in preschool, we had, like, little choir things, and I loved it. Then um, I grew up in a tiny town. There was not a lot to do, and there were a lot of churches. So, you know, what do you do in a tiny town when you're bored as a kid? You you go to a church, and there's usually a playground and youth group and lots of kids, and um, that's what I did, and I— found this Pentecostal church that was really fun and vibrant and a lot of big, loud singing and harmonization and, you know, tambourines and all the stuff. So that's where I got started with music was in the church. Um, They taught me how to harmonize, how to sing in the choir. They put me kind of um, not leading the choir, but there would be like four people in the front that were like mm-hmm. the main four singers and mm-hmm. then a choir. And I was one of those when I was like 12 and, um, you know, just all kinds. I can remember like going to the store and having to buy 
track tapes. This is showing my age, but I can remember going to the bookstore and putting on the headphones and listening to the track like, ooh, do I like this song? Do I want to perform this in church? And you would like listen to it. And then you'd listen to the other side that had the background vocals. And you'd say like, well, do I want it with the background vocals or not? <laughs> That's where I got started. Where, where was this that you listened to the Oh, the, man, the, the Christian tapes? bookstores. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Christian bookstores. They had With the, like, tapes. headphones. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I was I a 90s cassettes. kid, so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. The tapes. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, I, I guess that kind of explains, I mean, I feel like you have very soulful singing. Thank you. So maybe, maybe that's because of growing up in the, ch- in the church. For sure. To, yeah. to do music in the church. Yeah, because sure. a lot of the gospel is, you know, mostly blues-based singing. Um, so that's kind of where I got started. And then I naturally moved into, like, the Muscle Shoals blues Aretha vibe. Um, and then in high school, every morning when I was blow-drying my hair, I would just listen to this one CD. We've moved on from tapes. Now we're in CD <laughs> land. And um, I would listen to the greatest hits of Aretha, like, every morning. Um, in fact, I brought one of those songs with me I might sing today. But, yeah, just, you know, it went into the Muscle, muscle Shoals blues vibe. And then, you know, as I got older, I wanted to be cool. And I was listening to, like, what all the cool kids were listening to. And we went a little indie and mm-hmm. all the things. And here I am, just some weird amalgamation of that indie, folk, soul yeah, you have you have kind of like different genres going on, um, yeah. and I was I was kind of like it's hard to define genres sometimes, mm-hmm. but in, you know just because I do this like listening to music, I'm like, what genre would we categorize you? So in? hard, you know, it is hard. It's um, so hard. I've but, been struggling with that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, um, but uh, when did you start playing an instrument? Was yeah. guitar your first? Yeah, uh, actually, piano was first. My okay. parents put me in piano lessons at like seven or eight years old, and um, that was fine. My teacher was not the nicest to me because I, and I actually learned this at a very young age because of piano, I would get in trouble because I would memorize and play by ear, even as a young, young child. I'm talking like seven years old. I wouldn't read the music I would just memorize it first Mm -hmm. and then play it and then she would catch me and say like you're not reading the music you need to read it you know (laughs) and I was like oh I don't want to read I just want to play you know and and I guess I was it was like my brain and my ear were moving um faster than the side of me that wanted it's like like all the kids that get in trouble in school where you know they're not being challenged enough um and they can't sit still in class that was me in school and in <laughs> piano lessons. And um, I went on to like try and get a degree in music in college. Okay. And the same thing happened. Um, I had faked my way through high school choir, like singing by ear. Uh-huh. And then I got into a university and I faked my way through a whole semester. And at the end of the semester, the instructor, you know, took us in individually for our exams and we were doing like, uh, sight singing and sight reading. And, um, he was playing stuff and making you sing it right back to him. And I nailed all of that. And then we got to the sight reading and he said, okay, here's your middle C sing the song in front of you. And I was like, Oh, 
don't you want to like play it for me one time real quick <laughs> so I can quickly memorize it? And he was like, nope, this is the reading <laughs> test. And I was, that's when I was caught that I can't yeah. read music. <laughs> I so, flunked out. <laughs> so you never learned to read I music. I never learned. <laughs> nope. Nope. I flunked right out and hit the road basically. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Um, reading music is not my strong suit either. I think I might be a little similar. Yeah. Um, but I never had to take any tests like that <laughs> to show that. Just to show that you <laughs> you can't read. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, tell me about your summer tour coming up. Yeah, summer tour. We've got a bunch of stuff in July. We're going all over Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and West Virginia. So um, it's going to be exciting, just nice. life in the van with the guys, yeah. you know, and girls. We bring, we try to mix it up and bring photographers. And I, I like to have other girls in the van with me because yeah. after a while, it's like, all right, mix it all up all these bit. boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. What, um, what, how many people are in your band then? Um, right now it's a total of five, but when we have a horn section, it's seven. Okay. And then we try to bring like a merch person slash photographer with us when we can. Mm -hmm. So when it's all of that, it's a total of eight. But usually it's five to six with the band and a merch person. Cool. So, yeah. yeah, I saw your um again the back the back of your album I was looking because you've got you've got saw listed as one of the yeah one of the, yeah. <laughs> one of the instruments. So I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of cool um sounds on like most of these songs i feel like and like your lyrics um all in here mm. um i noticing how like realign and like just coming from the songwriter's aspect like looking at this and and having like this is realign is like so short but it doesn't so feel like short. that when you listen to the song <laughs> you know when i had to write out the lyrics i was like wow that's not a lot of words yeah. you know <laughs> yeah um but uh what was your like main inspiration i guess for this whole album um the album was written kind of some songs go all the way back to like 2014 that didn't make it on the crooked lines album like oh brother didn't make it on crooked lines but then i was like i feel like um yeah. Oh, brother didn't make it on Crooked Lines, but I wanted to put it on an album. So we put it on this one, and Fog didn't make it on Crooked Lines. Okay. So all these, like, more folky tunes didn't make it on the Crooked Lines album because that album was a little bit more rock and funk. Yeah. And soul, whereas this one was, like, a lot of, um, how do I say... It was a very personal album, you know. It wasn't mm -hmm. like a dancey, fun album necessarily. It was a lot of hard topics that right. we all had plenty of time in 2020 to, like, bounce around these ideas in our head. And um, I was going through a hard time. I would lost my mom. I was uh, going through a divorce. And it was 2020 all in the same year. Right. So I just said, you know what, if I don't put my time into something that I love, this is going to be a really bad year for me. So I reached out to a producer and he took on the project and here we are. So that's awesome. Yeah. And where did you record it? Was yeah. it, I saw that it was in, in Sylvan Esso's yeah. recording studio or the studio, mm -hmm. studio she recorded in as well. Yeah. Where, where was that in North Carolina? Or? Yeah. They have a studio called Betty's in Chapel Hill. Okay. 
Yep. And uh, this producer and engineer, Simon Kajinian, he's with Sleepy Cat Records in Carborough. And he was like, I know this awesome studio, you know, that we should go to. And I had heard of Sylvan Esso because, like, mm-hmm. they're so popular. Um, but because I was at that time very blues oriented and, like, I was playing a lot of jam band festivals, the indie Sylvan Esso thing never crossed my path. Mm. And so that was actually really good because I think if I had known a whole lot about them, I would have been a little nervous when I met them because they're really famous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that. <laughs> right. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So I literally walked in um, after like several days on the road with my dog. They have like an Airbnb that you can stay okay. at. I walk in at like 1 a.m. I'm so tired. I have my dog and they were having an anniversary party and this girl opens the door and she has white hair and she's wearing an all white outfit and she looks like this like angel, angel. slash ghost <laughs> and she had bleached her eyebrows too and I was like, hi, uh, my name's Rebecca. I'm not here for the party. <laughs> I'm here because I'm recording and I was like, do you know who... I need to talk to. And she looked at me like I had four eyes because it was Amelia uh-huh. with Sylvanessa. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I, you're, okay, hi. Like, <laughs> nice to meet you, you know. But thank God I didn't know too much about them. I was able to be normal <laughs> around them. Yeah, not be like, act like you're like Star, star yeah, Trek like or anything like that. Yeah, like fangirling. I hate yeah, yeah. being like that. Yeah. And it makes everyone uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. So... <laughs> I got to be, like, normal, and we chilled. They were in the house the whole time we were recording. We, like, watched Survivor and ate M&Ms together, you know, normal stuff. Fun, Um, But they have a really nice studio. They're awesome. Yeah, they're cool. Sounds sounds like the rock star life. (laughs) M&Ms and Survivor. A little bit, bit. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember she was, like, uh, she was boiling bones. She's, She's, like, a super cancer Okay. You know, and so like super homemaker. And I remember she was like, I'm making a broth. And she was boiling bones for like 48 hours. Oh, my God. The kitchen just smelled like bone broth. And we were like, uh, <laughs> it, she's cool. That's funny. Yeah. Um, talk. Tell us a little bit about your uh, um, the jam cruise that you went on. Yeah. Jam cruise. Hang on. Let me let me drink some coffee real quick. You're good. Hmm? We always talk to most most that we so far of our musicians about um, songwriting and stuff, but uh, you're I think the first one we've had on that that's done some bigger touring. So oh yeah, cool. Interested to hear about that. Well, um, you know what's so funny? Like, I know you understand this. It's like the more you try to reach new goals, the higher the goal feels. Like the further mm-hmm. away it feels, and I know that I'm doing a lot of cool things but this thing happens where you start chasing the dragon and you never feel like you're reaching goals and you forget like yeah oh I actually reached all the goals that I used to want right and that's kind of where I'm sitting right now like I have a band we have like people that work for us they go on tour with us we're playing regional all different states these are all things that I strived for when I was younger and now that I'm here it's hard to pause and like, like you just said, oh, you've done bigger touring. And in my head, my first reaction was, oh, I haven't done anything. And then I was like, no, Rebecca, you know, like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I can totally, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes, I don't know, just, I can relate to that yeah. completely. People will say like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're so doing so many big things. And I'm like, am I? Right. Like, <laughs> the imposter syndrome is just yeah. so serious. And yeah, and that's mm. totally what it is. Yeah, Jam Cruise. So Jam Cruise was a wild story. Um, my band played Asheville or Black Mountain area, and we opened for Dumpsta Funk. And they're like huge, you know, New Orleans gods. And we opened for them. Um, they were super nice. One of the guys, his name's Tony Hall. He plays guitar and bass with them and sings. Um, I was like, hey, like, you should let me sit in with you guys. Ha <laughs> ha, you know. Kind of just shooting the shit. And um, he was like, well, you know. Oh, and I said, I'm going to be on Jam Cruise. You should let me sit in with you. And uh, he was like, well, let me introduce you to some people that might be able to let you sit in. Mm -hmm. So he introduced me to this guy, Joe Marcinek. Um, Joe said, yeah, sure. Like, let's get you on a couple tours. And then... After those tours, you can come sit in with us on Jam Cruise. So Joe had me on a tour up in New England, and that's when I got COVID. I was telling you I had okay. COVID. <laughs> yep, caught COVID on that tour. And um, Happy memories. I know, right? <laughs> the tour was great, and literally three days after the tour, like half the band were texting each other, like, mm. do you have the sniffles? Yeah. Do you have the sniffles? So anyway, um, did that, and then... I get on Jam Cruise. And the weird part about it was our friend Kenna, mm -hmm. before I knew any of these people, before I opened for Dumpster Funk, Kenna was like, hey, I have one bed available. Does anyone want it? And I was like, ooh, me. So I had already purchased this ticket for Jam Cruise before I knew any of these people. And then it was like one thing after another, everything lined up. And next thing I know, I'm like hanging out just a couple weeks ago. In the VIP area with all of my favorite artists. I mean, Lettuce was back there. You know, Sun Squabby was there. Um, Dumpsta Funk. So many. Doom Flamingo. Everybody was there. Mm -hmm. And they were just all right there in the same room. Like Nikki Glassby, you know. Um, she used to play with Beyonce and yeah. Judith Hill, one of my favorite singers on the planet who used to sing with Michael Jackson. They were all just there and so was I yeah and I had to be like snap into it Rebecca like <laughs> yeah. like you're here because you were invited and it's easy to be back there when you're green and new like me and be like oh my god you know I'm so nervous I don't deserve to be here what am I doing here and that did happen I had to kind of sort through that mentally yeah. you know and get over it um so, yeah, that was Jam Cruise, and I got to sit in with Joe Marcinek, all these people. I'm going to list the people that were on stage that I can remember. It was uh, Valor Trucks, who is uh, Derek Trucks, I think, cousin. Okay. Uh, Tony Hall from Dumpster Funk, Joe Marcinek, Dave Watts from the Motet, uh, Tommy Shugart on Keys, Nikki Glassby got up there for a minute. So many amazing people, and... You know, I was the singer. <laughs> so when Valor Trucks walked up, I literally had a moment where I was like, okay, I just, just got to 
breathe for a second because (laughs) I didn't know he was going to get on stage. And then he did. And I was like, I can't believe I'm up here right now with all of these people. But everybody's super chill, you know? Yeah. And we played some Led Zeppelin. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it was pretty surreal. I know that if I were getting up there with some some people that I you know, admired and looked up to, I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. How is this happening right yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I had a little moment the night before that performance where um, I kind of got thrown in the fire a little bit. Somebody invited me on stage and I was totally unprepared. They were like, let's get Rebecca up here. And I walked up like, okay, what are we going to sing? And they gave me the name of the song. And I was like, I've never heard that song. <laughs> and they were like, it's okay. You'll be fine. Just just follow me. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and it, I'm sure the audience thought it was fine. But to me, I was like, oh, my God, that was the worst performance yeah. of my life in front of all of my favorite people. And I was sort of like in my head about it, talking to somebody. And they said, oh, yeah, that's just the New Orleans way. They throw you in the fire. You got to you know, sink or swim. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I came back the next night and was like, I'm going for it. I'm just going to yeah. reach for the stars and sing my heart out. And I had a great time. Oh, I would not like that. <laughs> it was very nerve-wracking. But I'm sure that you hopefully felt, like, good after. Like, okay, I did this this like scary thing you know I was thrown in yeah you know I was okay I was Um, yeah (laughs) you know it's like I don't know I'm my own worst critic all the time so yeah yeah, the first performance just caught me so off guard and I really did not know the song had never heard it and so what was the song I can't even remember? remember I'm trying to think of it right now but there's nothing like being in front of several hundred people and all of your favorite like musicians on the planet all watching you right like kind of flounder a little bit on stage you know whatever yeah um what are some of you mentioned like some of the goals that you feel like you have reached Mm. um for i guess your career and what are some goals that you see ahead that you still feel like um like big goals you want to reach yeah Back in the day, I used to say, I can remember saying, like, I just want to play on the big stages at festivals. I want to be on the main stage of festivals. And that is beginning to happen, you know. Um, So there's always room to grow. And I, like, in my mind, I'm still at the very bottom of that you know, tier of musicians and I have a lot of room to grow and I need to build my fan base. But also I have to pause and remember, like, you have reached that goal that you set when you were 20. Mm -hmm. You know, you've reached that. And so now let's set new goals. The new goals, I guess, are to, like, continue to build a fan base in other regions so that when I drive to Florida... You know, I want like 300 people to show up, 500 people to show up. And um, right now it's like, you know, we go to Tennessee and like 100 people show up, Mm -hmm. which is great. It's like, whoa, that many people came out to see us. But it's like small compared to all these other people. So chasing the dragon, you know, it never stops. It never goes away. There's always bigger But you kind of have to, like, really be careful with that because it doesn't ever stop. And you have to decide, like, today I'm going to pause and be grateful Mm -hmm. for what I've done, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
this is coming to me now that we're talking about you performing. Um, anytime I see videos of you performing, you have so much energy. <laughs> how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you like, you know, is it, is it sometimes you're just like, okay, I got to put that energy in. Cause I, I, I can imagine like having, cause you've got the dates back to back. I can imagine yeah. that that's probably, um, somewhat exhausting every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, just... it so is. <laughs> I have to be really careful. I kind of have learned the hard way where my threshold is. And once I pass that, I'm going to be paying for it for a couple of days. So, you know, like that's everything from staying up too late, um, not staying hydrated, talking too much after the show, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's usually loud and people are talking to you all night. And then if you go to an after party, you know, you're going to be talking for hours. Um, and then of course, like trying not to get too excited on stage because sometimes I get too excited on stage <laughs> and I just get in the zone and I forget like, Hey, you have 14 more of these dates back to back mm -hmm. and I'll just start <laughs> wailing. Yeah. Which I love in the moment. The crowd loves it in the moment and then I have to pay for it later. So you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Your voice feels it. Your throat totally. feels it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's important for me to really kind of warm up for days before the tour, really get the muscles back to where they need to be. That way that first day doesn't kick my butt, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll walk around my house and just be like singing as loud as I sing on stage, which is really loud. And my dogs hate it. <laughs> they look at me like, what are you doing? Uh, do you get you don't I guess you probably don't get to take your dogs on tour with you sometimes I do sometimes yeah um I don't think the band loves that you know because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole thing having the dog in the van yeah. crawling on everyone having to pee whatever but yeah. he's the best Jack he's the sweetest yeah I think I've seen pictures of him yeah and um yeah well um let me just do a time check TK how how are we 25 minutes? Okay, cool. Um, Killing it. Yep. <laughs> well, let's talk about your songwriting yeah. process a little bit. Um, I'm always interested to hear um, everyone's process. Do yeah. you come up with lyrics first? Do you come up? How, do, how does that work for you? How do you get you yeah. know, started in writing songs? I think typically it starts with a voice memo. Like I will just be humming by myself. And mm -hmm. I'll come up with a little portion of a song, you know? Yeah. And I'll think, oh, gosh, don't forget it. And so I immediately pull out my phone. I have, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of voice memos that are, some of them are garbage, gibberish, you know? Yep. But um, that way, when I do have a day where I can say, okay, today I'm going to write, I'll go back through voice memos and I'll listen. Some of them are, like, almost completely finished ideas, um, and some of them are just little clips. And so then I kind of mess around. Either I write it on my guitar or sometimes um, one of my favorite things to do is to go into GarageBand and open up like those fake drummers mm -hmm. and just get a drummer to play a beat. And then okay. I'll sing over that because I, most of my background is either church or like Lauren Hill kind of R&B. Mm -hmm. um, and that's mostly just vocal on a beat for the most part, you know, so nice. It, yeah. 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 And yeah, I get kind of like stuck and trapped on guitar, you know? 
Yeah, I I can see that. Some, I mean, for me, sometimes it's like um, you feel like, or I feel like, I'm writing the same chord progressions over and over. Same, yeah. And so then it's like, how is this song going to sound different from the, the other song? Yeah, that I that I'm writing. <laughs> I know. You know, I know. Um, I know. But yeah, I feel like. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like Night Train is one of those ones that I like. It's it's really like I was like this one's really got like that soul, that kind of like you. funk in it a little bit. Yay! Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where did it just randomly like where did the idea for that song come from? Let's see. Um, that one started with a beat, and then I think I had a looper um, set up, and I went bum 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 bum. And then I harmonized with myself, stacked that, recorded that. And then I, I did that whole track on GarageBand with just my vocals. So I was like singing the bass line and um, everything. And I sent it to my producer and I was like, here's everything that I want. And I want this one to be bass. I want this one to be guitar. And then we turned it into real instruments. Mm -hmm. And now that's what you hear. So... Yeah, it started with just like, it was like 12 vocal tracks singing. Because wow. I can't play it for somebody yeah. and say like, play this, but I can sing it to them. Yeah. So. That's awesome that yeah. you like, um, that you come up with all that. Because um, like, I feel like I'm still learning to hear different yeah. instruments. Yeah, totally. So it's really cool that you you can like tell somebody exactly, you know, because I'll, I'll sit there and I'll be like... I don't know, play some things. Like, yeah. oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I don't know what I hear, but um, I know. that's really cool that that you like put put all that in there. And, Thank you. Um, know I think exactly after what you want. years and years of what you just said, because I I am still there in some ways and was there for a long time, and eventually it would be like, oh, I kind of want it to have this vibe, and I would try and explain that to people, and it would get lost in translation. Next thing you know, like your R and B bop sounds kind of like a honky tonk because the drummer's swinging it on the wrong swing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I've learned that if I can just say play exactly this because yeah. music is sensitive. If you swing it wrong, like if the mm -hmm. keys player is swinging it wrong, it's no longer a funk, you know. It, now it's a oh, reggae yeah. or something, you know. Right. So it really matters. And I, I now am a little bit... Um, not a little bit. I'm I'm very direct in rehearsal. Like, you know, I love my guys and they're so kind to me, but we've learned like how to talk to each other. And if they're playing something different, I'm quick to be like, nope, play it exactly like I want. Because if each person starts swinging a little bit different than you said, yeah. now your song is a different song. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've learned to be pretty. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Like, um, I've, been working with with someone recording a song of mine and and I'm and I'm like you know listen to this artist for kind of like the styling yeah and what I'm hearing yeah because that's what I can do right now is like listen to a certain artist and say this is this is like the the genre or the vibe yeah. that I'm looking for yep and then it's like the first version of it that came out was like, well, that's really country sounding. Right. I don't want it to sound country. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's so easy, like you said, to just like change like one little thing to fit like. Yeah. Because country has a very specific. Oh, yeah. You know, sound. And yep. so it's like, well, that's 
that's completely off of what I'm hearing in my head. But how do you translate it from your head to right. the people? So, I it's mean, it's so hard. It's yeah, it's so hard. Um, and you want you want your songs to be translated exactly how like you created. Them right. To be, yeah. Know? So. And then yeah. comes the next challenge of like, OK, now I've got every song sounding how I want it. But now uh, and this is a thing that's still frustrating me, but. I'm getting a lot of comments from like bigger industry people that are like, um, we like these songs, but these songs are different. Like I've got R&B and I've got folk and mm -hmm. I've got blues and they're like, what are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just a girl from the South that <laughs> likes R&B and blues and also folk. And so I'm trying now to find a way to, put all those pieces into one yeah. sound and that's like hard because I don't know a lot of people that do it. So I'm looking for, and I've, I just met a guy that I might work with on this next album. I don't want to say his name just in case we don't work together, but uh, he's funk and like new wave synth and Moog. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this will be, cause that's kind of what I am. I'm like blues and soul and funk and this new album has a lot of synth, you know, and like uh -huh. that modern sound. Yeah. So if I can somehow find a way to connect all of these sounds, I feel like I will have finally found right. my sound. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in some some ways it's like I understand that, you know, people in the industry want to like label you as like this or that. And mm. but it's in some in some ways as well, kind of like, well, maybe I don't fit in just like that one box, you know, Absolutely. like maybe I want to be all these different things. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I didn't listen to your album and go, huh? Like <laughs> what genre? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about it, but when people ask me what genre I play, I'm like, I singer songwriter. I don't yeah, you know. You're like, like sometimes I'm this, sometimes I'm that. Right. And yeah. I mean, and I know Sam Hatch of the Hatch brothers, like he said, he was like, I've recorded some songs with him and he's like, um, what do you want it to be? Do you want it to be like one genre? Do you want it to be like multiples? Cause mm -hmm. he's like my album, our album is like several different genres. That's and great. Like, yeah, that's okay. You know, yeah. like, Oh, cool. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's important <laughs> not to let the industry people like get to in your head. Cause then you start manufacturing songs Yeah, just to have a sound that fits the mold and, you know, like screw the mold. We don't want to fit the mold. Like we're trying to make art and it's important to let every song be that song and not yes. say like, I must have an album that perfectly fits together because then we lose like the freedom and all the stuff, all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So are you doing any writing right now? Or are you mostly focusing on the performance and the tour coming up? I am like so overwhelmed right now, but I'm trying to do <laughs> writing. Um but yeah, we have a we have a spring tour that will probably already be done by the time this podcast comes out. But that's in two weeks, and you know, there's a lot of pressure to promote. There's a lot of pressure to fill the rooms. Um, I'm at this point now where my agency is trying to get me um, into a support role for like bigger bands, and the bigger bands agents want to see your hard ticket count. That is they want to see mm, so yeah. if you play like a lot of um fun outdoor 
festivals, that's great, but that's not a hard ticket count. And that's what our band was doing for a long time. We were doing what they call soft ticket. And now they're like, we want to see the hard ticket numbers. So there's a lot of pressure on me right now to get numbers in the door. Yeah. Um, Promote yourself. I know. You do a lot of social media. uh, I see it. I see it. You know, it's like it's constant, um, Mm -hmm. constant work promoting yourself. Do you have other people that help you promote? I wish. Um, I do do all that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I need some help, but, you know, help costs money. So it's like, yeah. But maybe I can get an intern. Work for free. (laughs) Maybe. Check out UNCW Mm. or Cape Fear Community College. You never know. You might get someone to help you out. Hmm. Or another musician in town. Anyone wants to help uh, me promote for free. (laughs) Rebecca Todd needs a I need a lot of help. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Well, you crowdfunded this um, album, so you obviously have... Um, a lot of support. A lot of support. Yeah. And fans I'm so out there. lucky. That's the other thing, you know, we're talking about, like, uh, being grateful for the goals that you've reached. Like, I was talking to this producer um, that I might work with, and I was like, listen, dude, uh, you know, I, a lot of people, when you come up and say, can you make an album for me? They kind of, in their heads, like, go, like, I don't think you can afford me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, listen, my fan base is awesome. Like, they will pre-order my album and I can come up with the funds. So that is such an epic place to be because I think I've done three successful Kickstarters. Like the first one was small. It was 5,000. The second one was huge. I tried to raise 30,000 and I raised 32. Wow. That was in 2017. And then this past one, I think I shot for 15 and raised 18. And thank you for supporting Oh, yeah. Yay. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's, like, such a good feeling to be like, hey, everyone, can you please give me $20? And the people are like, here you go. So. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, I don't know about you, but it feels sometimes it's kind of like you don't want to ask for it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm I'm going to. I want to create this music and yeah. how can, how can I call on my, my fans and right. people to, to help me put this out there? Yeah. Um, cause everybody wants to see, see, I know you succeed, especially Aww. people in Wilmington, you know, you're a, you're a very well known name in this Yay. town. Um, oh, Wilmington is my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we have a, we have such a beautiful music community now. I oh my gosh. Like. I know and, it's thriving. Yeah. It's thriving. It's, more and more, a million open mics out there. Um, got and voice in the pen is like again. I'm just I'm just like shocked that we've been able to just have the support for two years and that's like a hundred voice in the pens. Yeah, I yeah I I should count the number sometime. Yeah. You're but, probably um, at close to a hundred. Probably. Wow. You could just go check the check the archives on the YouTube channel there sometime you and uh, and just look back and. see. That's a lot of people we've had. That is like so much dedication from you, you know, and um, it's so important to keep the songwriter space alive because it's easy for, especially in tourist towns, it's easy for like the beach cover band to just take over. Oh, yeah. And there's no more space for the original writers, but Voice in the Pen is keeping that. So. Thank you yeah. <laughs> for yeah. holding space for that. For sure, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I 
happy that, again, that so many people support it. And I'm so like grateful for you to have played on it a, yeah. a couple times that you have. Yeah. And when you come to town, you're always willing to come out and yeah of course you know be a part of it and support and uh you know come back for us not for us but you know no yeah (laughs) Wilmington like every time I'm in Wilmington I feel like I'm home I feel comfortable you know good good spot sweet Mm -hmm. well um I think we're gonna have you sing a couple songs for us cool let's do it cool let's get her set up Take me too high And I'll always love you And nobody Can make me do wrong Take me for granted Leaving love unshown Makes willpower weak And temptation strong A woman's only human You should understand She's not just flesh and blood Yeah, she's flesh and blood Just like her man If you are to do right all day woman you gotta be a do Amen. 
Everything is clear now. We're gonna run away to the big green pastures under the mountain shade. Well, I never looked good in purple and pain, but the red in your eyes, it was a crying shame. Oh, 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 brother. Well, the day you turned 22, I was stuck in New England and couldn't be there for you. Well, the puppet strings had me tied up in Vermont. I was choking on swollen streams and couldn't make the